It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. On first down, Wentz back. He's looking. He's hit again. They've got him there. Sack number two down at the 15-yard line, and it's Hassan Reddick. Yeah, and that's what they're going to have to do to Carson Wentz. They're going to make sure that he is uncomfortable. They keep the pressure on him because if you don't, he's going to hurt you. Well, 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 I guess we won't know for another couple of months because they certainly didn't hurt the Eagles yesterday. My goodness, the Eagles defensive line all day in the backfield in Carson Wentz's face. Ah, I am back. And you are at Chickies and Pete's. This is the Chickies and Pete's Players Lounge. I'm Ike Reese. My co-host, Elliot Shore Parks. What up? Is right here next to me. And the highlight that you heard coming into the show tonight, don't worry. We will get an opportunity to talk to one of the stars of yesterday's game. Nine sacks. Let me say that again. Nine sacks yesterday. <laughs> they talk about the body bag game that happened like 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, against Washington. I think that game was here, and I think my old teammate Brian Mitchell eventually had to play quarterback. Um, a, B, Mitch wasn't available yesterday, and uh, but B, they were getting close to needing somebody else to be out there to play quarterback for Washington. Elliot Shore Parks is in the house. Real quick, Elliot, before I bring you on, it is customary, or it will be customary, that after an Eagles victory, it don't just happen at 2 o'clock, but it happens at 7 o'clock, too. Victory! I don't have as much energy tonight right now as I do at 2 o'clock, but that's the best I could give you right now. Elliot. Well, I was going to say, we're going to be doing what? Probably like 20 of these players' lounges by the time the season's over. You figure three playoff games, right? Super right, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I mean, yesterday. We got a lot more victory chance to throw yeah, you out better, there. You better know, work on the vocals for, uh, for the whole season. No, I mean, look, yesterday was incredibly impressive. Uh, when you talk about tests that this team has to pass, right, I thought going into that game yesterday, it reminded me a lot of last year when they beat the Saints, their best victory of the year. Then they went to New York and they lost that next week, right, divisional opponent on the road. So early in the season, you want to see the team not only stack wins, but pass tests to show you they can win consistently. And going to Washington yesterday and winning the way they did, that's the type of win that makes you say, okay, they can finish number one in the NFC. Because if they're going to stack wins like that and continually pass tests, 
on the field, they have the best roster in the conference. I don't think through three weeks there's really much of a debate about that. It's just about how soon they're ready to win. I mean, you remember coming up when you played, like, it took you guys a year to learn how to win consistently, right, to go into divisional games and consistently win those. Yeah. And what you saw yesterday, I thought, was, you know, we'll get into the X's and O's, but I thought you saw a mature team yesterday for such a young head coach and young quarterback to go win that game. I think it's really encouraging about what they can accomplish the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the takeaways I came from the game with, right? I I thought when you look at the results from yesterday's game, when you look at how the team played on both sides of the ball, the Eagles won this game on Tuesday and Wednesday Mm -hmm. with their preparation, how they approached the week of practice. This was a short week coming off that Monday night game against the Vikings. You're going on the road against a divisional opponent. They're coming off of a loss. You almost think Washington is going to come into that game with more of the energy and motivation, and the Eagles would have to sort of match that intensity. But it was clear from the first snap of the ball that the Eagles were the team that was bringing the energy and were going to dictate how that game was going to go. And it was because of that defense and the defensive line getting after Wentz time after time. You know, and Wentz, and I'm sure you'll get your chance to, to have your I'm going to let you that. go tonight. No, no, no. Worry, yeah. I, I'm good. <laughs> Wentz had played well for two weeks. Yeah. And it was the second leading passer in the league with seven touchdowns. This wasn't about Wentz peeing down his leg yesterday. No, this was about the Eagles' defense dominating that offense and Wentz and making him look that way. That's a very good offensive skill position group in Washington, and they couldn't do anything for four quarters. I mean, for four quarters, they couldn't do anything. Jonathan Gannon, a guy that you've been high on, uh, deserves a lot of props. Excuse me, I called him Jonathan Gannon. As I said yesterday, he earned the right for me to call him JG. He earned that? He's, earned, right. he's so, earned JG Took him me. a year and three games, but yeah, he's well, there. Listen, I, yeah. listen, now I'm starting to see Eagles defense. You don't hand it out that quick. No. Right? Yeah. You got to earn You got to earn nicknames and monikers around. You just yeah. can't be giving yourself nicknames and JG. Right. I, mean, I needed to see a defense that reflected a coach who's being, whose name is JG. Well, you know. T- you know what I mean? Other than that, you get called – Jonathan Gannon. When, when, when I see vanilla defense and I don't see any type of aggressive style of play or us dictating, yeah, you got to be called Jen, Jonathan yeah. Gannon. So I thought yesterday, to your point, first of all, it helped that the crowd was like, I don't know, 60% Eagles fans. a home game. Yeah, yeah, so in terms of the atmosphere, that, that certainly helped. But also, when you sack the quarterback four times on his first, I think, seven dropbacks, yeah, that's going to slow the offense down a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, and that's going to change the game plan. And what was interesting I thought about yesterday, again, you know, to be encouraging for the rest of the year is the first two weeks, you know, I, t- I talked to Gannon about it, talked to players, talked to the uh, Asan who's going to come on in a little mm-hmm. bit. And they said, like, look, the sacks are going to come. And that the reason they weren't bringing the quarterback down was because of how quickly the opposing quarterback was getting the ball out. Carson yesterday, and I think this is where Gannon deserves credit too, when you take that first read away, you can't get rid of it in, you know, a second and a half like Jared Goff was. I think Carson's time to throw yesterday was almost four seconds. And when you have that extra second, second and a half, that's where you get the nine sacks. So I think Gannon, obviously the whole defense deserves credit, but they played, the defensive linemen played really well. I think yesterday it turned into kind of, you know, Carson, Carson, he's holding on the ball, those things. I watched the tape again today. 
they won their matchups across the line consistently. Like this well, wasn't, you, you know, yeah. this wasn't that there was no one open and Carson had to hold it for seven seconds. This was that extra half a second meant they, they, they were able to get home on Carson. Yeah, I felt like if that wasn't Wentz playing, we wouldn't focus as much on that part of it. We would give the Eagles a lot of credit for how they played yesterday. And they yeah. really played dominant football. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get the star, one of the stars of yesterday's game. We'll get him in here after the break. Uh, listen. Local kid, played right across the bridge over there in Camden, played in North Philly down there at Temple. Temple made. And now he's back home playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll have Eagles defensive end Hassan Reddick on the other side. It's the Players' Lounge, Elliott Shore Parks, Ike Reese. We're here at Chickies and Pete's in South Philly. Come on down. Wentz is back. Wentz looks up. He hits. He loses it. He loses it. They'll recover the fumble. But that is another fumble by Carson Wentz, who was hit by Reddick for his sixth sack of the game. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Now, that wasn't Hassan's sixth sack of the game. I believe Uncle Merle was describing that Carson had been sacked for the sixth time in that game yesterday. Let's welcome in, without further ado, Eagles defensive end Hassan Reddick. Temple grad. Hold on, I want to get your high school right. Give me, give me your high school. I don't even, is it, was it Camden High? No, no, I graduated from Hatton Heights. Hatton Heights. Okay, yes, there you go, there you go. So, man, you're talking about somebody coming home to play. Um, I think everyone was excited this offseason when the news broke that you were signing this offseason. And uh, to watch you guys put it together yesterday, man. Just tell me from your perspective. I mean, what's it like? What, what, what's it like to take candy from a baby when, you, when you're just out there getting sacks left and right? That means that's what it looked like yesterday. One of those games, I, I, uh, the game yesterday, I knew it was going to come. Uh, each week we've been rushing. We've been getting better and better and better. Uh, Monday night football, I thought we rushed great, even though we didn't get to Kirk as many times as we wanted to. Uh, I just knew that we, I, I just saw it, right? When you watch the film, I could feel the energy. You could see the violence and the rushes from everybody. So when this week was coming up, especially it being a division game, division games mean so much more. You know it. Yeah. They mean so much more. And I could just tell that this was going to be one of those games where the D-line just snapped. And, you know, our coverage guys did good and it allowed for more time. And the D-line, we, we did what we do. I remember you were, uh, we talked in the locker room last week, and you were saying, yeah, they're going to come, right? You were, you were confident. At what point of the game yesterday? I mean, it must have been pretty early because I think it was like four sacks in the first seven or eight dropbacks. But at what point yesterday did you guys realize, like, okay, we got this. Like, we've, we've gotten to this line, and it's going to be a long day for him. I want to say probably after the first sack. It was just so early in the game yeah. that, and then I think who started off? It was like Fletch and Sweaty. Yep. <laughs> then then uh, Hargrave got Hargrave, one early. Then, yeah, then Hargrave came back with one. Then then it just started rolling, right? Then BG got one, Sweat got one, I got one. It just started, it just kept rolling. It was just crazy. <laughs> At some point, you got to be in the huddle saying, damn it, 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 I got to get back here. <laughs> Especially when the D tackles start getting sacks, like, right? Like, when the D tackles start getting sacks, it's like, hold on, man, I got to come off this edge. But it, it, it really seemed like you guys had a great game plan going up against Washington. Now, granted, they were a little banged up, but, hey, this is the NFL. And, and when a team isn't at their, their best because of injury or what have you, then that's – our job right. to take advantage of that and Jonathan Gannon's game plan yesterday he just allowed you guys up front to eat uh what, what what's that like when when the defensive coordinator is saying 
big fellas up front. We're going to let you guys go at it, and we're going to cover on the back end. Man, it's lovely. You know, even during the game, he's just he asked me, like, certain calls. I'm like, man, just get us in a rush front on rush downs, you know, when we know they're going past, and just let us eat. We don't got to do nothing fancy. We don't got to do too much. We on a roll. We getting pressure uh, off a four-man rush. Just let us go, and that's exactly what he did. What, what's that? What's the uh, the term that he, he, he likes to use when it's – I guess an obvious passing situation. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, what they're calling yeah, it. I, I, I thought I heard. Obvious uh, pass down. There it is, obvious, obvious pass, pass downs. Down. I heard Nick say that after the game yesterday. Yeah, so obvious pass downs. Speaking of obvious pass downs, both the times you were able to bring Wentz down were on third downs, right? Which, A, are big plays because you got the defense off the field. But, B, you did get them into obvious pass downs. Once you have the offense in that situation where it's third and seven or you know, 38 and longer, when you're at the line, do you know at that point you're able to just pin your ears back and go? Oh, exactly. That's got to be the best feeling. Any, when you get them in them long distances, them, them, them long downs, uh, especially even in second down sometimes, when it's yeah. second and long, you stop that run on first down, second and long, third and long, it's time to pin your ears back and go get the QB. Mm-hmm. So I thought that the uh, – you mentioned how sacks are kind of – like the coverage matters and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought the interior of the defensive line with Fletcher, Jordan Davis had a few rushes. What did you see from your teammates in terms of, of rushing, especially along the interior? I mean, just violence. Grave, man, after watching the tape, Grave just seemed like he was in the backfield all the time. Yeah. Fletch was running around. Like, you look <laughs> at Fletch, you know, I, it was one play he chased Carson like 20 yards. And, yep. I mean, he was rolling. It was along the sideline, yes. right? But he, yes. Honestly, he might have stopped a touchdown by yeah, doing exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. He was rolling. I mean, rolling. He, he swears that he was running uh, at 18 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> I that big you got to check the numbers on that. They <laughs> track that. So. No, but in, in all honesty, you bring up Fletch, right? Um, and, and he'll tell you by his standards, he probably the last couple of years, it, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet uh, the type of player that he is, right? Mm. Um, I honestly believe having guys like yourself, uh, some of the other uh, talent that has been infused on the defensive side of the ball, you guys have sort of rejuvenated uh, Fletcher and Brandon, right? And Brandon doesn't need any energy. You know Big G. He doesn't need any energy. But I thought last year with Fletch, I don't know if, if early in the season he was having as much fun playing the game of football. You know, a lot of changes around him, a lot of changes in the building. And – you know, as you're getting a little bit older, that can potentially happen when you go for, through a run that he and BG has gone through. And I'm not saying that to be critical of him. I'm saying that I see a huge difference in him this year just from the energy level. I think he's, he's, he's refound that, that, that excitement and fun in playing the game of football. The last two years weren't very good around here from the standpoint of they are accustomed to winning. And I think talking to him last week he's having a lot of fun playing with guys like yourself and, and the rest of the guys on defense uh, you know I, like i can't speak about last year or what happened i wasn't here evidently mm-hmm. but just to be around him every day i mean man me and fletch we talking we laughing all the time you know what i'm saying in the yeah. locker room during practice uh and he always has great energy as well he's another great leader on the team man he's been nothing but you know uplifting and and, and hopeful and he you know, like you said, I think he knows the pieces that we have this yeah. year. And he's he's just, you know, he's one of the leaders on the team that want to maximize it, right? They want to maximize this opportunity that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think that's the most important thing. Everybody knows the goal, and while we're working hard, like you said, we're still out there having fun with it. So Fletch, he's definitely coming in there. He's having fun, practicing hard, playing hard, and he's doing a hell of a job right now. I mean, back to piggyback off of that, I've been covering the team, I think, for 10 years now, and I haven't seen a locker room this tight this early on since, honestly, maybe the Super Bowl year. Like, being back in the locker room, seeing the way you guys all hang out, going to each other's lockers, even at practice, that type of thing. So I'm just curious, when you were a free agent, obviously I'm sure Philly clearly was a huge draw for you being your hometown, but, but what did you hear about the, the, uh, you know, the Novacare in terms of the locker room, like the players, that type of thing? Like what type of atmosphere did you hear from people around the league about what you were walking into with the Eagles? I, I just knew that they had a mindset of a winning culture, mm -hmm. you know, and um, especially, you know, growing up watching the team and then being in the league and seeing, you know, watching the Super Bowl that 2017 year, yeah. I just knew they had a winning culture here. And when I looked at everything that was going on the roster, who, who was here, it was, I seen talent all across the board, you know. What was that like for you, just real quick, in 2017? You were in the NFL at that point, right? Yeah. Correct. Uh -huh. Yeah, but you're an Eagles fan. Remember, that was the year we had the draft. Yeah, the year we right, had the draft yeah. that year. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. was that like for you, being in the NFL, but, you know, being an Eagles fan and watching them go all the way? Like, what was that experience like for Man, you? You know, I, I have yet to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, whatever team I was on, I was always rooting for my team first. Yeah, for but sure. if I'm not in the playoffs, I was always rooting for the home team. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I want to see him. To do, I want to see him do good. I got family members that's Eagles fan. Like I said, I grew up, you know, a part-time Eagles fan, and I, I wanted them to see. I wanted to see them do well. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, from your perspective, um, you've you've had to. I don't know if I want to classify it as adversity, but first-round draft pick in Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, certainly had a great last year there. Then one year in Carolina. And then here, so that's like that's three teams in three years for you. What's that been like for you getting adjusted to new teammates, new cities to live in? What's that been like for you? Man, as crazy as it sounds, I kind of grown accustomed to it. Like even while being in Arizona, I had three different coaching changes in four years. Wow, three different DCs, you know, uh, three three different head coaches. So that was crazy. And you know, when free agency hit. I just looked at it as the same way. Right, it's just not, well, even though I knew my coaches when I left the first time um, from college, but I just looked at it like, man, this ain't nothing different. I'm just only thing that's going to be different is I'm playing for somebody in a different jersey. You know, I'm, I'm playing for a different team. I've been through this before, though, um, and I kept that mindset. And it was the same thing when I came home. Just it felt better because I'm back home. Right. <laughs> so that was basically it. How much did the stability? You mentioned how much you know, three teams in four years, all that. How much of the stability of the Eagles, because let's be honest, they're viewed as one of the best franchises in the league, young head coach, young coordinator. How much of the stability of that situation where you said, okay, this is a place I can really you know, plant my roots and you know, continue my career for multiple years? Uh, uh, right away, I realized that. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I knew that with Nick being a, you know, a second-year head coach, bringing in new guys, he would be looking for guys that he could lean on. Uh, guys that can come in and continue to add leadership. Um, so I figured, hey, I could come here, you know, and, and, and start that. And hopefully in a few years be a captain and a leader on the team and somebody who's doing really good for the team. So much has been made about how you get used. First of all, I love the fact that you consider yourself a weapon. Uh, the last guy we had around here that considered himself a weapon, he was pretty damn good. <laughs> Brian Dawkins. Brian, he was a, he was a hell of a player. <laughs> so, so the fact that you consider yourself a weapon, 
Um, you can be used in multiple ways. And it's funny because you'll have people that see the potential that you have. They only want to see you used one way. It's like <laughs> let him get after the quarterback, let him do his thing. But how do you sort of adjust your game and fit into schemes without, without – compromising some of the things you do well and being sort of that team player man it's it's, it's it's all a part of the scheme and i understand that you know me dropping the coverage uh every so often is needed for the scheme to work you know on each play somebody is asked to do something hard somebody is asked to do something I'm not saying that this is me but that may not be in their comfort that, zone exactly. or whatever yeah but, but have to take one on the team you know have to mm-hmm. take one on the chin have to take one for the team so that we can get the goal at, and at the end of the day the only thing that really matters is getting a w every week and that's all i'm really worried about so you know again and he he asked me and i tell him if i'm not comfortable with it i have no problem you know especially this late in the game now and me being a veteran um i have no problem telling him what i'm comfortable doing and what i'm not comfortable doing so i ain't and that's the best part about it if i am out there doing something at least i know i'm comfortable with it right you know, i ain't doing something that i don't feel good about yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm one of the people that wants you rushing the quarterback every snap because you've been so good <laughs> like at it. Yeah, I'll be completely honest. Yeah, every time you drop back, I'm like, man, just send him after the quarterback. But you talked about Gannon and uh, the relationship you guys have in terms of figuring out the game plan. That's something a lot of defensive players talk about. We do this show with Slay as well. He talks about the communication. You've been in the NFL, you know, uh, for a few years now. What is Gannon like behind the scenes? Because I think sometimes in the public eye, he can catch a lot of heat, to be completely honest. But behind the scenes, what has what your experience with him been like? Oh, man, JG, he's a great dude. The, the energy that he comes to work with is just immaculate in itself. Mm. You know, with him being a coordinator, he comes out to practice every day fired up, just ready to see us work, ready to see us get better. And he never he's, – he's always asking his guys – his leaders, his players, yeah. what do we like, what do we don't like. As you said, he does the same thing with Slay. That's, it's a, when you're in a situation like that, it's a beautiful thing because now you get to play to your strengths, your talents, mm-hmm. and you can be as comfortable, you can, you can go on the field, you can be comfortable with what you're being asked to do. Is that unique from your experience? Yes, it is. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very unique. You know, as I, as I progressed and, uh, you know, I started getting more years under my belt, I found that these, you know, these last couple of years, coordinators will ask, you know, what, you know, what are our guys comfortable? Yeah, yeah, especially the good ones, man. The good ones are going to try to figure out how can I get the best out of you right. and 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 allow you to reach your potential. And so I, I found that that players will be a lot willing to be a team player and sacrifice things when they know that the coach at least is willing to hear where's where, where my comfort zone at right. and, and that sort of thing. We were talking about how the pass rush and the coverage sort of mirror each other. They help each other. And I thought yesterday, man, the only the, the reason Jonathan Gannon can allow you guys to do what you were doing by not sending extra guys yesterday is that the coverage has to be good on the back end. Just right. talk about how that sort of works uh, and benefits the pass rush. Right. It, 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 like you said, Pass rush and, and coverage goes hand in hand, right? It may be a it may be a play where a DB may be they may be beat, but if somebody on a somebody who's pass rushing can get to the quarterback and affect him, we might have just saved just a big saved play. It. We yep. might we we just helped them out, and it's the same thing. 
You know, when they're covering well and we can get an extra second, you know, uh, to get to the QB, we, when we can get a second effort rush, you know, work a counter and still be able to have a chance to get to quarterback, man, that, then that works for us. And that's in our favor now because now we get the stat. So, like you said, it goes hand in hand, and, and, and you need both. You yep. need both. Let's take a quick break, E. We'll come back. We'll, we'll continue this discussion with Hassan Reddick. Man. Very interesting fella to talk to. See, Hassan don't even remember that I talked to him in 2016 down at Temple University. Uh, what, what, training camp, you he wasn't paying attention to me that night, oh, man. man. Maybe Ike didn't bring the heat. Who I, knows? Exactly, man, yeah. Maybe you should have said yeah. something. Like, That's you know. what that says yeah, exactly to me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was not I just got to work on his speech. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Hassan, his days down at Temple playing for his coach down in Carolina, being back home and playing, playing in front of family, man. Everybody can't play in front of family. Like, everybody can't play in front of family. And it's great to see your family out here with you tonight, man. Oh, man, so great to have you here. Eagles defensive end Hassan Reddick joining us here in the Players' Lounge. Elliot Shore Parks, Ike Reese. We're back here on 94 WIP. Welcome back to Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Chickies and Pete's Players' Lounge. We're at Chickies and Pete's here in South Philly. Elliot Shore Parks, Ike Reese, we're hanging out. My main man, Hassan Reddick, Eagles defensive end. Uh, I had a correct sack and a half yesterday. Uh, you know what with these half sacks, Hassan? I'm not trying to start trouble in the D-line room, but sometimes, like, that should have been two sacks for you yesterday. You people, know, you guys are back people there. People jump on it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you got to split sack. Got to get that half sack. And, and you don't need to say it. Just save it for the film room when everybody's arguing about it in the film room. I already know how that works. <laughs> you got to see some of these meetings, Elliot. Because back in the day, Hugh Douglas, Hollis, they're all arguing over sacks. Like, hold on, that was my sack. Put petition in the league being like, nah, he, he, he didn't really <laughs> exactly. take them down. Like, yes. I'm, I'm going to need two from Sunday. <laughs> well, yeah, because back in those days, you had a lot of incentives tied yeah, bonuses, to sacks. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> they should say they still around, yeah. So guys like, yeah. You get They're just that, bigger now, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, don't give my half a sack to somebody else. Yeah, that's my sack. So, yeah. But, um, no, man, great job yesterday, honestly, man. And this is a defensive football town. You know that already. And, and while we know it's an offensive league and we all love our points and fantasy football and all of that, this town still gravitates to its defensive players. And so to watch you guys the last two games, because the Minnesota game was a thing of beauty as well. You know, we all talk about what Jalen did in that game offensively, and justifiably so, him and A.J. Brown, they were outstanding. And Jalen was good again yesterday with uh, Devontae. But you guys have given up six points in the last six quarters. Because two of those points yesterday go to the offense. Yeah, they, they, they gave up that safety. <laughs> that don't go on you all. So you all only gave up six yesterday. And only 13 in two games, too, for That's what, what it's saying. worth. 13 like, yeah. in two games in this league where it seems like every rule is made for the offense to score points. It's pretty good to see. So, And, and the thing that impresses me with the defense, Elliot, is the all the new faces. Because mm -hmm. usually you'll get a good defense – when they've played together for a while. So they all are familiar with each other. There are a lot of new faces on the defensive side of the ball, but they, you guys have seemed to come together pretty quick. Right, right. Well, no, that's what I was going to ask you. So the first two games, well, let's take it back a second. We're talking about complementary football, right? The, the secondary, the defensive line, the linebackers, all those things. Yeah. One thing I've noticed about this team so far is you guys win so many ways. And I know it's only three games, but 
from these last two weeks, the defense has been really dominant. The first week, the offense had to pick you up. You guys had to pick the uh, offense up in some games. So what I was wondering was when you look at, you know, going from Detroit to Minnesota to Washington, fewer points, fewer points, fewer points, what do you attribute that to? Is it just getting used to each other? What do you think from Detroit to Washington has really changed for you guys? You know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, the first game was the first game, right? Every, mm-hmm. If anybody – Watch football that week. <laughs> that week. Football looked terrible all across yeah. the NFL. A lot of, yeah. lot of teams like, struggled with Yeah, yeah. like yeah. football looked bad. Like, mm-hmm. you would be like, man, dude, these, are some of these guys pros? Pros, yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that's all that it was. It was the first week, you know, it was the first game, first row action, most reps that we had taken, yep. you know, uh, since. I was about to really say. Since last game. year, yeah. probably, or training camp. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but also, like you said, the chemistry is a thing that 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 plays a part as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we just came we came together after that Detroit game. We like, all right, we gonna flush this one. We ain't going we ain't gonna make a big deal about it. We ain't gonna say too much about it because we know what we can do. We seen what we could do. We gonna flush it. We got the W. Enjoy it. But we know next week. We got to bring it, and that's what we did, and, you know, this last week as well. Um, so hopefully we just continue to build off of that, continue to play with the effort and the, the violence we playing with and just go ahead. What's it say about the team, though, that you guys can, like you mentioned, that's a game where you flush it, you don't talk about it, but you still won, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not common in the NFL. Normally if you're flushing a game, it's because that final score wasn't too pretty, right? Right. right? So what's it say about you guys, just the talent on this roster, that when you don't play well, you're still able to win these games? It, it, it just shows that, you know, you, you, <laughs> it's like you said, that we're talented, yeah. you know, that we're talented all the way across the board. Um, but hopefully we, we're not in too many positions Yeah, like not that. throwing too many games yeah, out. Yeah, yeah I don't want to see that again. Yeah, but I tell you, I, I, the fact that you guys believe there's a standard that you should play mm-hmm. in every week, I think that helped with the first game as well. I mean, obviously the way you don't necessarily belabor the point and, and sort of kick yourself too much mm-hmm. for what happened in that game, but – I think to a man, you guys still felt like we didn't play our best game. We know that. We don't need to do a whole lot of talking. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out here and show show next week the type of defense that we are. And for the last two games, I mean, my goodness, Minnesota and this game, Slay, Slay said this to us last week. He just talked about how much fun mm-hmm. you all are having mm-hmm. playing with each other. Mm-hmm. I, I still find it remarkable that you have this many new players on one side of the football and everybody seems to be – everybody seems to get along. It seems like you root for each other. It, it, even if there's a healthy competition amongst each group, mm-hmm. it's still in a loving way. Because at the end of the day, we all fighting towards the same goal. Right. You know, and, 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 what, and what can bring people together more than a common goal, you know, and, and that's basically what it is. Outside, outside of us being around each other, all you know, we're we around each other for a lot of – a lot of the day, even when we have free time, mm-hmm. you know, guys around playing ping pong or pool, mm-hmm. shooting darts, all type of things, you know, playing cards, whatever it may be, we're around even when we have free time and we're still enjoying each other, getting to know each other and having a run, uh, and having fun with each other. And, that, and that's the brotherhood. That's the, that's the brotherhood. In this. Um, and like I said, we all are fighting towards the same goal. Let me add something to that, Elliot, because – and it's, it's not to – constantly go back to years past because Hassan wasn't here but I've talked to enough players that have been around 
for both regimes. And that was one of the things that hurt the team during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The stuff he's talking about, hanging around after practice, players' lounge, like when these guys could easily go off and do their own things, they are getting a chance to be around each other afterwards when they're not, when they're not required to. And that's what good teams do. They, they enjoy one another. I, I remember 20 years ago when I was playing, um, that was one of the things that was great about those teams is that, man, we would stay. Practice would be over at 536. You still see 8, 9, 10, 12 guys coming out of there at 8 o'clock at night. Because either we've been in Bible study, we've been there. Uh, I, back then, I think it was, um, what was it, Halo? Was that the video? I'm really yeah. showing my age <laughs> I was about now. to say, GoldenEye maybe? I don't even, yeah. I, th- <laughs> yeah, I, I think Halo was probably like 10 years after you retired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why did I even say that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. but that was the game back then that everybody used to sit around and like playing. So when I hear Hassan saying that, and he talks about the chemistry with the team, like that stuff matters man that's how you build the bonds and the strong relationships with guys you haven't really been around for a long time you're getting a chance to know each other and it seems like that's working well for you guys in the building yeah most definitely most definitely well one thing i've noticed too to piggyback back off of that is so i'll you know i'll talk to one player and they'll say something then i go to another defensive player locker they say the same thing nick says something on wednesday you hear guys say it throughout the week it seems like everybody is so on the same page and trusts each other from that respect. So what I wanted to ask you was, it seems Nick is really big on messaging, like his Wednesday meetings, his Saturday night meetings in terms of what he wants the team to, to know that week. What's been your impression of Nick on how he kind of builds that culture? He's, he, he's doing the way he's doing it. Um, man, Nick, Nick being a young coach, he's, he's definitely different than some coaches that I've had in the league, you know? <laughs> yeah. And... He, he just want he wants everybody to be involved, you yeah. know. Even have a even having a leadership council where he's asking guys, th- you know, asking mm-hmm. guys things about things like the schedule. Mm-hmm. How, how how do we feel about the schedule? How do we, you know, is there anything we want to change? Like you don't really hear people. Ask, you don't, I, I don't remember any coach asking me about the schedule and how I feel about the schedule. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then outside of that, the way he. The way he delivers his messages, he's all he always does it in a way. Even if it's like, even if he has to use something personal from his life, you know, he he always does it in a way where he can get the point across. Where it's not like too serious, it's kind of in a fun way, mm-hmm. but he also still gets the point across. And I think everybody is feeding off of that. I think everybody is picking up on his energy and. Just you know, like you said, getting on the same page, saying the same things, is because we believe in it. It's yeah. because we believe in it, and we know that if we hold ourselves to the standard, what we said is the standard. If we hold ourselves to it, that we're going to be where we want to be at the end of the season. Is there one message he said that that really has stuck with you, or really you know meant something to you? Oh man, dog mentality. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, dog mentality. He loves dog mentality. Yeah, man. again, he's been saying it since last year. Yeah, no, nah, nah, I love it too, man. Because you know, when I, the first time I heard him talk about it. It just sounds like everything that I've been going through, you know, it, it seemed like it's, it just seemed like my whole football career to me, you yeah. know, even when, you know, keeping keeping that mindset, staying locked in, staying focused, even when things aren't going your way, being able to all right, get that out of your mind, get to the next play. That's dog mentality right there, you know, and like I said, when he when he spoke about it, the first time I heard him spoke, speak about it. It just reflected, I reflected on it and I, and I just thought about how I had 
so many ups and downs in my career, but I continue to push and I continue to thrive. And man, that's why I love I love it. I love dog and talk. Man, you, you led me right into what I wanted to get into with you next, getting a chance to sit down here with you. I love your story of how you come from not necessarily one of the most highly recruited guys out of high school, you know, going to Temple. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, walk on to yes, Temple. Indeed. Yes, what I yes, remember. Indeed. Yeah. Walk on to Temple. Uh, may have even played a little bit of a different position coming out of mm-hmm. high school. So you had to learn a new position. It's not like you're a natural defensive end, but you, you certainly have the work ethic and you certainly turned yourself into a first-round draft pick and you ought to be commended for that. Talk, talk to me a little bit about what inside you allows you to be that guy. Because I see your family here, man, your dad here. Uh, I'm impressed by that. Um, I love the fact that you and your dad are still close. Right. So I'm sure he probably had a big influence on you. Yeah, man. You know, my, my whole, like, most of my mindset, just the way you, you know, look at life, you know, uh, comes comes from my father, comes from my parents. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I won't leave mom out. No, 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 no. It's just, it, you, know, it, she, you know, she played her part. They both played their part, man, mm-hmm. and, and, and helping me get to where I'm at. And at the end of the day, you know, my upbringing allowed me to get here today, you know. Uh, even like you mentioned, playing different positions, right? My high school career, I only really played my freshman and sophomore year. My junior and senior year, I had injuries. What'd you and, play? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, I played every position. Every wow. Okay, wow. yeah, all right. Yeah, we're going to put him everywhere we need him. So you're a true weapon your whole career. Yeah, no, I literally, literally played everywhere. Um and when when I didn't get I didn't get recruited to go to college, mm-hmm. you know I thought football was over for me. And once I found out about walking on, just to be just for somebody to think that football was over for him, and to have the opportunity to play again, I just I didn't take anything for granted. Whatever I was asked to do, I just did it because I was just happy to be playing ball again. Even if I never played a position before, I was just happy to be playing football. I never knew. Until my high school, uh, you know, my last two years in high school, until that happened to me, I didn't know how much, I didn't know how important football was to me. And once I found that out, I would, you know, almost do anything to play football again. And when I got the opportunity, I knew not to take it for granted. The other thing that also impresses me about you and going to Temple, even though it may have been short-lived, uh, you were also a part of a culture change mm-hmm. during that time, man. And that 2016 season was a hell of a season around here for Temple football, man. And I was in it. I was singing the fight, fight, fight for the cherry and the white. And we used to have Coach Rule on the show every week. And he's obviously promoting the brand and wants to, you know, enhance the brand. But And college football game day was here mm-hmm. against Notre Dame. And you guys beat Penn State that year. What a year. It was an awesome year. You were a part of that. I know that has to make you feel special, too, to feel like you were a part of something that helped change uh, down at your school? Uh, most definitely, especially being a walk-on. Because, yeah. you know, I wasn't, you know, nobody's expecting me to be a part of that, you know. Nobody's expecting me to have the impact that I did on the team. And just to do that, to, to have any impact, to have the success that I had while at Temple, just a testament to my work. 
So to come full circle, Ike talked to you back in what was it, 2016? I'm yes, sure. even though you don't, you don't remember I was that. Say, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but now that you're local, I mean, you you can be around the program more, right? Like you're here during football season. By the way, they won this past weekend. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly right. Yeah. Finally, so uh, I'm just curious, like how much do you go back to Temple, and do you when you talk to kids? What well, I, I guess they are kids. Yeah, the, the college kids. What's your message to them? Man, you know, I, I always tell them don't quit. You know, and, and I try to help them with understanding that they need to keep their mental strong. They have to have that confidence because when you when your confidence waver, you start negative thoughts creeping. And when them negative thoughts creep in, they can eat at you, and you and, 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 and things start to get a little shaky. So I, I I just bring I just let them know, you know, things life is hard, man. Nothing about life is easy, and it's going to be ups and downs, but. You know, the people who push through, the people who are consistent, the people who continue to get up daily, no matter what, grind, you know, is a reward at the end for you. And that's all I could really, you know, that's all I could really help them with. You get a chance to break down some JAG uh, film yet? Yeah, I'm not yet, but I am going to start watching them yeah. tonight. Yeah, I'm going to start watching them tonight, uh, watch that Chargers game they just had. Um, and see what they're doing. They're, they're Good rolling young right team, now. man. Yeah, they're, yeah. Rolling, they're rolling right now. They're rolling right now. And, you know, Doug coming back home. So <laughs> yeah. You know, gonna, sure, the link will be good. Oh, it's going to be crazy. I know the energy is going to be crazy, and I can't wait. Sure. I know. So you get to play in your home stadium from college, and now you're back here playing there. I saw you singing, singing the fight song the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I got so, got so lady to do, but yeah. yeah, man. No, that's awesome, man. Listen. Good luck with everything. Awesome start to this season. 3-0. I know we don't have to tell you, you'll keep your head down and keep working. That's what has allowed you to be successful as you are. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a nice round of applause for Eagles defensive end, Hassan Reddick. We'll be back here next week right here at Chickies and Pleats doing the Players' Lounge. Elliot Shore Parks, Ike Reese, Monday Night Football coming up next. Dallas sucks! <laughs>